want to do something a little bit different this morning. If everybody would take your Bible, if everyone would take your Bible and stand to your feet. Listen, some churches are doing this every Sunday. We're recognizing the authority and the power of the Word of God. Right? And I want us to read together. It's important what we're going to read together because there's power. And I want you to notice that there's an anointing. There's an anointing on the Word. No matter who reads it, no matter what language it's in, there's an anointing. Did I tell you where to turn? Um, well, since I'm in NIV, if you have NIV, they'll put the words up here. I'm giving them some time to put the words up here. I'm throwing them a curveball because I didn't put this in my notes. So uh, they're wondering too back there, what, 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 what scripture? Psalm 23. Listen, from now on, I don't know, maybe every Sunday we stand up and read Psalm 23. Because when we read this together, watch, watch the release of the power and peace of God in this place. Now, we have to agree that God's word is true. We're not just saying a nice poem. We're not just reciting a wall hanging. <laughs> this is real. Right? And for our benefit, God put this in his word thousands of years ago. Through a, a boy king. David, Psalm of David, it says in my Bible, Psalm 23, New International Version. Here we go. They got the words up there. The Lord, let's all read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Father, we just thank you for your word, and the power of your word, and the peace that comes from your word. Lord, we agree on this word, that it is for us and it's for today. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we don't just have to wait to a funeral to read this and believe this and declare this over our church, our family, our community, our nation, and this world. Lord, thank you. Thank you. As we agreed on this word, you have made us world changers in this very moment of time. Thank you, Father, for your word going forth today that it brings us peace and comfort, that you prepare us for what you have prepared for us. Our trust is in you, our hope is in you, and we love you with all of our hearts today. And everybody believed that, that said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. The power of the Word of God. It's the power of the Word of God. He has prepared us. 
He has prepared us. And so the subject that the Lord has kind of steered me into for the next few weeks, we'll find out how long this goes on, is the last days. Now, my, my knees are knocking outside outwardly. Um, my head is tilting a little bit because I have never, ever preached a sermon on the last days. But, you know, it, it is in the full counsel of the Word of God. There are many people that have studied eschatology, and that is the study of the last days. They've studied that specifically from the Word for years and years and years and years. And so, in a certain way, as a general practitioner of the Word of God, a, 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 a local physician that kind of breaks the bread of truth in, in a local church setting, I'm like, whoa, I'm swimming out over my head. But the Lord has given me words from his word to, to impart peace to us today. Because that's what we need. We can't just teach another series or sermon on ignoring what is going on in the world. Right? We need to focus and refocus every day our eyes on the living word of God. You know, this subject of the last days was not one of my favorite subjects in Bible school over 33 years ago. And uh, not because I didn't love Jesus, but because I wanted to live my life a little bit before Jesus comes back, you know. And so uh, I think in the heart of every young person, I was in uh, 22, 23 when I went to Bible school. And so that was a few years ago. But um, the Lord has been faithful every year that I have lived, I have seen the more of the faithfulness of God, the, the, the miracles that he does, the big things and the small things. Um, and so in the past, uh, I would always dismiss this last day's subject as something that would never happen during my lifetime. You know, I'm just going to live my life, children, grandchildren, whatever the Lord wills, and you know, I'll just close my eyes, put my hands over m myself and tell my family goodbye and I'm out of here. And then uh, the next generation, the next generation. But listen, um, looking at the signs that are happening right now, I do know that it's closer than we realize. It's closer than we know. And so I have to tell you the truth. I'm bound by the Lord to tell you the truth. I made myself available to the Lord to, to speak what he wants, not what I want. Amen. Um, and so, this teaching, these weeks, is not, is not to scare you, but to prepare you. We need to be prepared and not scared. It's the difference between uh, fear and faith. To scare someone into heaven is to put fear in them. And God does not, the Bible does not say that God scares the hell out of people. <laughs> He's not trying to push you into heaven. It's the Holy Spirit that woos and draws and convinces and brings into it a relationship with Jesus. And so God from his word has lovingly told us some things to prepare us. Preparation uh, time is, is a faith-filled time. You begin to focus on the goodness of God and what he has prepared for us. And the things that are in front of us, um, 
like this, the words of the song grow strangely dim when we turn our eyes on Jesus and, and look full into his wonderful face. The things of this world, the things that the, the world is dealing with just kind of grow strangely dim and fade out when, you, when you're in love with Jesus and you're just focused on him. So, like the signs on a road uh, help you, as, and as you're getting closer to the city that you're going to, you see more uh, f- frequent, you see these signs more frequently. If you, if you stop seeing the signs, then you know you've got on the wrong road. Reminds me of a time I drove a van load of youth from Georgia to uh, Texas one time. And I was uh, 19, 20, 19 myself. I was 19, so I was like the chief youth. And, and the, the youth, uh, the, and so the youth pastor, his name was Tony Crawford. He pastors a church up in Ackworth today. And um, he was sitting in the passenger seat, and he says, i got to take a rest. Can you drive? And so we got into, um, let's see, probably Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. I, I could probably take you back right there where I made the wrong turn. And instead of going to Dallas, we were going to New Orleans. And I was going two, mile, uh, two hours down the road. And so for two hours while he slept, he woke up and he said, we're coming into New Orleans. This is the wrong road. <laughs> yeah, I took the wrong road. And I, I was keeping my eyes on the rest of the youth, but um, ignoring the signs. And so we can't ignore the signs here. Now, today we have uh, the GPS and people telling us, you, you made a wrong turn, stupid. You made a wrong turn. <laughs> redirecting, redirecting, you know. But nevertheless, God shows us things by his spirit before they happen so that we can walk in peace. You've got, you, you must be walking in peace so that you can make the right decision at the right time. Crisis management happens before the crisis. Wow. As a police chaplain, I've been in many classes to help us prepare for, for crisis situations. And it's always the time you spend in the classroom anticipating what's going to happen when a crisis happens that is the investment and you have faith when you get on the scene that you're going to know what to do and you're going to keep everyone else calm, right? And so when you know what's going to happen, when you know from God's word what, what he has shown you uh, to be in the future, there's peace. And there's so much that he has already told us about the future that sometimes we'll hear a sermon or take a class on eschatology in the end times or whatever, and then we forget it. Ah, uh, well, that's still a long ways off, you know. But uh, the Word is our foundation, and it is our source of faith. And so we have to go back to the Word. Um, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 20, 24 right now. Go over to Matthew 24, and uh, the next few weeks we're going to go back to this scripture and so today I want us to really focus in on the the fact that we are in the middle of the end times and I believe that um, 2,000 years ago the disciples of Jesus even thought that his second coming was imminent was right 
could, could be next week, could be two weeks ago. Um, and so here's Matthew chapter 24, verse 1. It says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do, and, and he used this as a teaching moment. Do you see all these things, he asked? Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. You have to remember when Jesus prophesied, um, th there were many times dual meanings. An imminent thing that was going to happen and then something in the future. And uh, A.D. 70 was the destruction of Jerusalem. And so Jesus was talking about that in this discourse. But he was also talking about his second coming. And you have to really study the word to divide it rightly so that you can see that Jesus was talking to us in 2020. If we would have ears to hear what his spirit was saying here. So in verse 3 it says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, tell us, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? End of the age. Some translations say end of the world. But uh, it's really that, that word is translated, um, it's a Greek word, Eonos, Eonos is translated, in some places in English, it's translated world, and really it, it refers to age. And so his uh, disciples wanted to know the sign. Uh, you remember in another occasion, they asked him the date. And Jesus said, hey, no man knows. No man knows the day or the hour that the Son of Man will come. Right? And so um, people want to know. That's, that's the first point. Uh, if you didn't go to the notes, you can grab hold of the notes or pass them on. I do want to encourage you as we're learning and growing and people want to know, people want to know, we can share it out. Share this video out. The people streaming this morning, thank God, and people are there. Um, you can go back, share this out. Information is very important these days. The truth is very important these days. And so it's up to us as Christians not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. So we, when we share the truth, people get to hear what Jesus said, not just what some pastor said, right? Right? The church is built on Jesus, not on the personality. Now, we want to do everything with excellence and all of that, but it's the truth that sets people free. People need to be set free from confusion and fear. Two major enemies that are really attacking our nation right now. Confusion and fear. And it's the truth of God and the love of God and peace of God that's going to dispel the confusion and the fear. And so you can see that his disciples were really interested in knowing uh, when when everything was going to wind up, when everything was going to come to a close. Um, and they were asking him questions. They were wanting comfort. Um, so we see in 
other parts of Scripture, and Acts chapter 2 especially, and verse 17 and 18, where uh, the Holy Spirit is, is, again, Peter is speaking by the Holy Spirit, and he said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days... I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. So the last days started at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church because Joel prophesied it. Then Peter stood up and repeated the prophecy from Joel. He put it all together because Peter himself had just been filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Peter was explaining by the Spirit what was going on in the streets of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2, right? So the last days started... There with the first church in the middle of Jerusalem with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if you think, here we are in the timeline of over 2,000 years later, we're in the last of the last days. We're in the last of the last days. Think of it like a, uh, a movie <laughs> that's been going on. You know, those... Uh, epic dramas the i don't know think about this three-hour movie strange i mean these dramas and all of these storylines have been playing out over two and a half hours and it gets down to the last four or five minutes of the movie and everything starts coming together right and then boom at the at the very end the big revelation i believe that's what's happening right now I believe that all these storylines that have been playing out since the church began in the streets of Jerusalem with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we're in the end of the end of the end. The end of the end of the end. Another illustration is like uh, the two-minute warning in football. Anybody football fans? Um, yep. <laughs> so you know the history of the two-minute warning. The history of the two-minute warning was before they had scoreboards where they could see what time it was in the football game, they stopped the game at the final two minutes, sounded alarm, everybody take a pause. We're at two minutes from the end of the game. It was critical because it changed the whole pace and it changed the strategy of the game. I mean, if it was really close, you can imagine the offense really said, okay, we've got, to, we've got to make some plays here. We've got to score some points here. Uh, or if you're on defense and you're trying to def defend the lead, you're going to try to, you know, uh, take the ball and recover a fumble or, you know, the strategies change at that two-minute mark. And so we're in a two-minute warning. We're in a two-minute warning. And it seems as though things have sped up a little bit, especially this year. You're like, what else can happen in 2020? You know, <laughs> that word 2020 has become an adjective now. Um, some people said it's become a curse word. <laughs> but, you know, listen, uh, the year of our Lord, 2020, guess what the year of 21 will be? 2021, the year of our Lord, 20. Every day that the Lord gives us is a gift. It's a gift. We shouldn't look back with regret because the best is yet to come. God has filled. We just stood up and read Psalm 23. He has got 
great things for us. And so we're not looking back with regret on 2020. There are a lot of things that we should have learned from this past year. We've seen our religious liberty at stake. We've seen a political election uh, turn upside down. And people are still scratching their head. Having a, a good civics lesson here. And people can accuse and people can get mad. But listen, I, I challenge you. What we did this morning when we started off, take Psalm 23, stand up in the middle of your bedroom and read it and watch the devil flee. Watch the devil run. He hates the word of God and he hates a believer that stands up and declares the word of God. So people are asking the question, what is happening? And uh, some people are saying, uh, if they believe that God exists, does God know what's going on here? And if he does know what's going on, does he care? You know, I found another article, just kind of, this is kind of a side note, and I really, I, 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 got, I got satisfaction and confidence and boldness and joy out of this, but I found another uh, article from a, a, another uh, pastor that really believes like I believe, that God doesn't put in the president. God doesn't elect the president. People say, well, God's going to put, God's going to put. No, the people elect the president. That's why it's so important to know what's going on. We don't... Let, 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 me, let me bring it to another, uh, another relationship. If I believe that God, God was the one who gave me my wife, the first thing that she did that I didn't like, who would I go back to? God? This woman that you gave me. Who does that sound like? Adam. And some people say, well, God gave me my mate. Uh, yeah, but you chose. You had a choice. You could have said no. You didn't have to get married. Is that right? Am I right, everybody? Guys, we have a free will. God, <laughs> and we go back to the Old Testament and say, God raises up leaders and puts down leaders. Okay, 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 okay. God's not a big puppet maker. And so don't blame everything on God. Don't blame everything on God. And number two, be informed and know who you're voting for. Let me make another little plug here. These next uh, few weeks, this is this um, runoff. So important for our country, guys. Every election and every vote is important. Every election and every vote is important. It's, we should have been get engaged a long before now. But now it's time to, to get involved. So if God knows what is happening, does he care? Absolutely he cares. Another question, can he save us? Yes, he can. By many or by few. He doesn't need your strength. You're privileged to be able to be co-laborers with him. Can I trust him? Absolutely. That's the bottom line. This is what the world is looking for. They want a, a, the body of Christ to be full of peace, full of love, and we can point them to the word that says, you can trust God. Some put their trust in chariots, and some put their trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord, our God. He said, it's all right. So, what is next? What is next? I'm going to read from verse 4. 
uh, on to verse 8 in Matthew 24. And Jesus answered them and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Wow, over 2,000 years ago, people were being deceived. It has so much important, to, so much more important today because there's so many more forms of information flying into our ear gate and eye gate and you need to know what you're reading is the truth. Take heed that nobody deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. That means many can be deceived. Don't be one of those many. Wake up. Don't be gullible. Don't swallow everything. Hook, line, and sinker. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Next, This next statement is classic. See that you are not troubled. See that you are not troubled. If that's not underlined in your Bible or highlighted in your Bible, do it. See that you're not troubled. For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. The word sorrows here is translated from the very same Greek word that used uh, to describe the contractions of a pregnant woman uh, as she experiences this time of birth as, as, as delivery becomes nearer and nearer. And these contractions are slow at first. I'm explaining this for all the guys here because we have no idea. Slow at first, and, and then they become more frequent as it gets nearer. So we, the body of Christ, have the words of Jesus, and we shouldn't be scratching our head, are, are panicking because these things are happening, and they're becoming more frequent and becoming more outward. This is the time to draw nearer and nearer and nearer to the Lord and further and further and further away from uh, the enemy, the agitation, the, the, uh, the strife, the enmity, the bitterness. Draw closer to the Lord. See that you are not troubled. This means that we have a choice. I'm going to read this uh, verse 6, Matthew 24, verse 6, out of the Passion Translation. This, it's, it kind of puts it in a different light. You will hear of wars nearby and revolutions on every side. Don't panic. Everybody say, don't panic. don't panic. Or give in to your fears. For the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. Why? Because the world system is built on lies. The Bible calls Satan the God of this world. And everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. They may be half-truths, but a half-truth is a whole lie. You know? He may try to speak the truth like he did to Jesus when he tempted Jesus, right? If you are the Son of God, uh, you must be hungry, so make these uh, stones into bread. He'll take the word out of context, twist it, and then get you to believe it, to try to deceive you, Right? And so we need to not panic or give in to our fears. And we need to know that this world system is, is breaking apart and it's destined to happen. But it won't be the end yet. 
it will still be unfolding, unfolding, and unfolding. The important thing to learn here from Matthew 24, 6 is that we can control ourselves. We have been... Con- we have been made in God's image. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in the body. And we live, when we live from the spirit, we have control over our soul. Let me say that again. If we live, walk in the spirit, study it out in Romans chapter 8. When we walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, we have control over our soul. We can tell our soul, don't panic, don't fear. Right? Don't fear. And don't panic. When we pray, it says, when we pray and make our requests known to God, the peace of God that passes all understanding guards over our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. And so many times we don't experience the peace of God because we don't pray about things. We continue to worry and fear and dread and panic. The more there's more fear there is, the more panic will come from that. If you allow fear to rule your soul, you're going to end up in a panic attack. I mean, this is, it seems obvious, but it, it needs to be said. We control ourselves. So if you're having an issue with fear, I challenge you to go over 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what, what kind of a spirit is he, has he given us? One of power, love, and a sound mind. In fact, we have the mind of Christ. How much of the time are we using the mind of Christ? Are we just set it on a shelf Polish it, polish it up every now and then and say, wow, look at that. Look at what God has given me. <laughs> no, we have to take it, put it on, just like we do the full armor of God. It's his armor. He designed it. It works, but we have to put it on. We have to put on the helmet of salvation. So the fiery darts do not throw us to the ground, and, and we end up forgetting what manner of man we are, right? We're redeemed. We're the children of God. We're, we, we have been given authority over demonic powers and spirits. And as they come at you, you lift up your shield and you take the sword and say, not today, not ever. Get thee behind me. Just like Jesus said, get thee behind me. Right? We don't, we don't negotiate with a terrorist. <laughs> we ha- there's more with us than against us. We take the sword of the Spirit. That's why it's so important that we know the Word of God. We have to know the Word of God so that in those times where the enemy's coming in like a flood, we can raise up that standard against them and say, no, not today. Panic, you have to bow your knee. Fear, not here. Not here. I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts that Christ thinks. And I hold those things that he holds near and dear to his heart. I hold them near and dear to my heart. I'm focused on him. And the more focused I am on him, the more peace that can flood my soul and protect me. And that's what it's, that's, that's what it's about. I'm going to read the list of things that Jesus said. Now, I'm going to get into this in the, in the coming weeks. But 
uh, for reference purpose, if you want to write this down, Matthew 24, verses 4 through 14. You can study these before next week. We need to be familiar with these things because when people say, well, what in the world's going on? Say, listen, I'm so glad you asked. Do you you have just a few minutes? Let me take just a few minutes and show you because my pastor, we're studying this in church. You ought to come with us. Look, Matthew 24, verses 4 through 14. This is the list of signs that Jesus said would indicate that we're in the last days. Matthew 24, 14. Mark 13, Verses 5 through 13. I'm going to give you the references, then I'm going to read the list. Matthew 24, 14, uh, 4 through 14, Mark 13, 5 through 13, and Luke 21, verses 8 through 19. Now, you can study those verses on your own. I'm going to give you the list of what Jesus was talking about. Each one of these things could be a sermon, for sure. These are signs that Jesus said would, would uh, char- characterize the last days. When we see these signs, we are in the end of the end, the last days. Widespread deception. <laughs> wow. I don't even need to say anything about that. Nobody knows who to believe. That's why it's so important that you have the spirit of truth on the inside of you that when something comes up and you say, hmm, is that true or is that not true? The Holy Spirit says, not true. True or not true. You need the Holy Spirit. Not your friend. It's not time to dial a friend. Not time to go out on Facebook and say, hey, what do y'all think about this? Mm, 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 mm. People confuse their own minds because they're willing to believe a lie and ask other people that don't even know any more than they know. Come on now. Uh, That's just number one. Number two, signs in the heavens. Ooh, anybody see a UFO? I don't know. Well, they documented it. The Department of Defense documented UFOs. Okay, could be a demon. I don't know. How about economic instability? Mm, great seismic activity. That would be earthquakes, the volcanoes, any of those things happening these days. How about legal prosecution of Christians? Man, we're living in a day where Christians, you stand up for Christ, you declare Christ as your king, and you follow Christ, off with their head. We better wake up or it will be right here at our doorstep, guys. Come on. Warring political systems. Well, now they're now they're into digital war. There's a digital war going on, guys. Happen. What? What? Twenty sixteen collusion. Other countries coming into the election, pro- guys. Th- this is not just some hacker in the back room that's back there going, oh, uh, let's see if this works. These people are systematically prepared to bring down the information network systems in our world, not only in America. Imprisonment of believers. 
imprisonment of believers. I'll just make one comment. Everybody stay home and watch church on the TV. Okay. Emergence of false prophets. <laughs> it's getting better, like really. The love of many waxing cold. Where did kindness go, like in the past few years? Really? Uh, famines. With all the food that we produce and all the waste that we have, we can't feed the poor. Well, there's one, there's one reason. It's called greed. Wars, persecution, pestilences. Commotions. Ethnic conflicts. We'll get into some of this in the, in the coming weeks. Fearful sights. Fearful sights. Now, I, uh, I, uh, I think Hollywood has done a, a great disservice to us by um, creating these uh, terrorist movies. And so... We've got a whole generation that has seen every terrorist movie, every devil movie, every satanic movie, and every image that is coming up, and just and they're playing the 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 computer games. And yes, I I'm I'm just old school. I watch what goes in my eyes. If it if it, if there's fear there, if there's satanic stuff there, I turn it off quick. Because there was a point when I was a teenager, and I would watch stuff like Friday the Thirteenth. And wake up with nightmares. I mean, when I was a little kid, let, this is just a personal side note here. When I was a little kid, uh, my parents wouldn't let me. My mom's watching here, and she's probably laughing. Um, uh, you guys remember Land of the Apes? Yes. Land of the Apes, when the movie first came out. Now, that's way back in 19, probably 67, uh, 68, somewhere around there. Land of the Apes, the monkeys. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, see? What happens when you go down the road a little bit? <laughs> Planet of the Apes. When I was a kid and I saw that movie, I had, I had nightmares. Woo! I had nightmares. I'm thinking, the animals are going to take over the world. As a little kid. And I, I'm pretty sure my parents said, you don't need to watch that. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Hollywood has had a part to play in all of this fixation on the apocalypse. You know, and people that don't even know the word of God. It's isn't it amazing. It just amazes me how they know that there's something cataclysmic that's going to happen. And, and they, they uh, write these scripts and everything um, to, to, the, to, to that scene where everything just blows up or it are, are you feeling me even those that have never studied Jesus words of the Bible have this inward knowing that something is happening and these signs have the potential to either trouble our hearts or ignite our faith and personally my faith is ignited to think that God had me to to be born in a time to live in these very last days where, where we're seeing this scripture unfold 
and and we are equipped we know that god would never put us in a place and not give us the tools to do our job he select us and he chose us and and really in a sense he tagged us and said you're it now go with my word with my spirit with my power to save the lost to bring in the harvest to raise up a standard against evil here's a good verse romans 12 21 romans 12 21 do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good that's such a powerful scripture and again it's not just a little wall print that you hang on your wall and go yeah, that's that's that brings me peace whenever i see that no don't be overcome by the evil that you see in this world don't bow down to the pressure of panic and fear that knocks at your door every day but overcome evil with good be busy about your father's business Show people that love is more powerful than hate. That the grace of God is greater than sin. God has put us in reserve here on this earth for such a time as this. And he, and he will not let us fail if we do things in his strength. If we do things his way. If we do things in his power. We can't rely on our, our own power. We can't rely on our own intelligence it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by his spirit. So we should be excited that uh, God chose us and trusted us to be living in 2020. We've been playing out this last day's game for about 2,000 years, but now it's the fourth quarter, and the contest is winding down to the last minutes and seconds before Jesus comes, and the, this game is wrapped up. I like that two-minute warning. Everybody pause. Let's think about our strategy. Think about the teams that practice that two-minute warning. You know, what are you going to do in the last two minutes? If you're leading by seven or you're down by seven, how are you going to overcome? You can score a lot of points in two minutes. A lot can happen. These football games, there's a, 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 lot, a lot of these can, can, can run offensive plays more in those last two minutes than they did in the last quarter. Yeah. It's amazing. And it, it all goes back to our mindset. We have to have this mindset, last day's mindset, that we are victorious. We're standing with Jesus. We are seated with him in heavenly places. I am seated with Christ. You may see me right now on this platform right now in Decula, Georgia. Nobody knows how to say Decula. Dracula. Dacula. <laughs> Wherever we are, you may see me physically standing here or watch on the, on the Internet. But I am spiritually seated in heavenly places with Christ. My life is hid with, with Christ in God. No man gave me life, my, my life and no man can take it away. If I fell down on the floor right now, I would be with Jesus so fast you couldn't even see it. That's dual citizenship. And I like it. <laughs> yes. One foot on earth and one foot in heaven. You can't beat that. We are supernatural. There's part of us as natural. There's a 
better part that's super. And Jesus trusts us. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus trusts you. Man, that's so good. God trusts you to do the right thing, to say the right thing. So I'm going to give you three things to help us resist panic. Since we know that we're in the middle of the end times, the last days. We're in the middle. We need to be prepared and not scared. Three things. Number one, God is not surprised. We probably sang about this earlier or somebody said something about this earlier. I mean, that's the character of God. He, he's omniscient. He knows everything. Right? Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. New Living Translation. This is an awesome scripture. They're all awesome. Remember the things that I have done in the past. For I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass. For I do whatever I wish. Wow. Some versions say, I do what, whatever I please. It is the will of God that will ultimately be fulfilled. We have a choice to do God's will. And we're going to end up on the right side. Amen. Number two, to resist panic, we have to know that God gives us his peace. Isaiah 26.3. Powerful, awesome scripture. Remember, we read Psalm 23 when we started this message here. But look at Isaiah 26, 3. King James Version said, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. And I like to take that scripture and run it back and forth. Thank you, Father, for keeping me in peace because my mind is stayed on you because I trust you. And then sometimes I say, Lord... Because I trust you, my mind is stayed on you, and therefore you're keeping me in your perfect peace. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Peace is a result of trust, right? Also a result of keeping our mind focused on him. We have something to do with it. It's not just somebody waves a wand over you and says, peace, peace peace <laughs> no i set my mind on things above not on things of this earth i set my mind on god i focus my attention my passion my uh desire i desire the things of god i focus my mind and then his peace is a result number three to resist panic we have to know that god orders our steps Psalm 30, 37, verse 23. Psalm 37, 23, New Living Translation. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He's directing our steps. He will give you your steps today and tomorrow. Let's just make sure we obey what he tells us to do. That is taking the right step at the right time. Well, what are we going to do when we... When we're, when we're, when, no, just do what the Lord tells you to do. Prepare yourself now. Prepare yourself now. 
You know, when they put you in uh, military training, boot camp, right, Sarge? Boot camp. They have you in a gun. I'd never been there, but I saw the video. <laughs> and I talked to people who'd been there, but I learned something. If I'm ever in a camouflage uniform with a, with a gun, I'm not going to stick my head up. That's why they have you going into the barbed wire, barbed wire, right? You stick your head up, you might get a shot off, right? You're trained in that situation before you get there so you'll know what to do when you get there. So if we'll just obey what he tells us to do in the small things, he says, hey, give $10 to this person. Say a nice word to this person. Go to your neighbor and just tell them how much you appreciate that, 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 that they're watching the neighborhood for you and with you. And, you know, that neighborhood, uh, that neighbor down the road, down, take her on a walk. Just go walking around the neighborhood. Just obey God in the small things. Listen, it, it will pay off. It pays off. Um, the last part of that verse is he delights in every detail of their lives. God delights in every detail of your life. He celebrates those things that, that, that cause you pleasure. He loves to see you smile. He loves to hear you laugh. He created you for his good pleasure. You bring your heavenly father good pleasure. Wow. He's such a good father. And he doesn't want us to be scared. He wants us to be prepared when we trust in him. Are we trusting in the Lord? We trusting in the Lord today. Maybe there's somebody that needs to fully trust in the Lord and follow Jesus today. Maybe somebody here, maybe somebody watching. We want to give them an opportunity. So if everybody would close your eyes and bow your head just out of respect for the moment. Listen, there is nothing, there's nothing more sacred than reaching out from your heart to God's heart. It doesn't matter where you are. It, it doesn't matter that you are not in this room. It doesn't matter which chair you're sitting in. There's no special chair that God visits more than any other chair. Our special place, if you're watching with us, if you'll just, just connect to God. And that's between you and, and God. Yeah, we want to know that you made a decision, but the most important thing is that you make the decision. So, the way you do that is with words. God created the earth with his words. And he gave us his word. That is his covenant with us. And so, when we take him at his word, and we express our words to him, we make that covenant connection. If you need to make a connection with God today, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, or you started following Jesus, but just stopped along the way. I want to help you to connect with Jesus and walk with Jesus to follow him so let's let's pray these words all together if this is the first time for you wow awesome let's say this Heavenly Father I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that he came to this earth that he was born of a virgin 
that he shed his blood and died for me. That he was put into a tomb. But then he raised from the dead. And he lives forevermore. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and giving me the gift of salvation. I receive it today. I choose to believe in Jesus. Wow. Father, I just pray for people right now that are making that choice and making that decision. Maybe those that have been not following as closely, that they're, they're recommitting, <laughs> that they're reaffirming that commitment. They're not getting born again again, but they're just making the decision to go deeper in their relationship and their walk with Christ. Thank you, Father. Let us see Jesus and the truth of his word and the power of the Holy Spirit this week. Father, I just pray for those that have made the decision that they would tell somebody because that is, that's bringing reality to the power of the covenant. Thank you. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. We shall be saved. Your word declares it and says it. We rejoice with those who are saved. Let's all stand. Father, I just pray that you would fill us with your spirit so that we walk in power in these last days. We're not swayed back and forth or tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but that we're steadfast following you, listening for your word. Lord, remind us Psalm 23 every morning. Lord, we just declare we're your, we're your body, we're your family, we're your sons and daughters, and we're your army. All of these things, Father, help us to see how important it is to stand up for truth and righteousness, to love our neighbor like we love ourselves, and release the power of love every day in every word that we speak and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name.